Welcome to the second ever episode of Dan Welsh's Midnight Ramble with me, Dan Welsh. It's super exciting to be sharing this next episode with you because Zach Romes is my guest and he's a fascinating person and an even friendlier bloke. And it's very, very exciting to have him on. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure you keep updated on the Facebook and the Instagram and you drop a like and a follow and all that jazz on Spotify, SoundCloud and on iTunes. It's super, super appreciated. Thanks so much for everyone who dropped positive feedback after episode one. It really does mean more than you know. And it puts the fire in my belly to make this as regularly and as awesome as I possibly can. So I appreciate it hugely. In the meantime, enjoy my chat today with Zach Rhymes. And my next guest to step into the midnight ramble with me, it's very, very exciting to be chatting to this bloke virtually yet again, but that's how this podcast looks like it's going to be getting off the ground for the meantime. But I'm very, very excited to be catching up with this fella because we always have such interesting chats when we do. Zach Romes, DJ, producer, do you want to uh, tell a little bit, tell the people a little bit about who you are and, um, and what you get up to? Yeah, no worries, dude. So good to see you. And uh, yeah, virtually again, it's hilarious. And thanks for having me. Uh, so yeah, I'm a music producer, DJ, songwriter, uh, mainly making electronic dance and vocal music. And I've got my own music studio uh, where I teach uh, music, music, music production, Ableton, DJing and everything like that. And also work with other artists to produce songs for them. Ah. So that is me and what I get up to. Awesome. Fantastic. So you're doing most of your teaching uh, online at the moment or all? Yeah, unfortunately, um, yeah. like as soon as they have the lockdowns, you got to do the um, uh, like creative studios just can't operate. Yeah. So I've been doing a few lessons online, but to be honest, like the studio, um, it's been something that I've been trying to build up. And yep. then every time I start getting students some momentum, then the lockdowns just seem to come in and then like everyone gets scared off, you know, no one knows if they're going to be having any money or anything like that. Mm. And so I have been doing some stuff online, but it, I prefer to do it in person. So I haven't really been pushing it too much. I'm kind of just waiting until, you know, we get some time where it's, it's, uh, no, we're not so restricted. Yeah, of course, of course. And I guess it's um, it sort of takes a lot of the wind out of your sails. I mean, you're trying to get, you know, a bit of momentum going with a particular student or a particular topic and it's just sort of constantly like, oh, yep, now we're back to online and we spend half the <laughs> lesson figuring out whether we've got permissions to the same document or our microphones are, you know, directed right. Yeah, and totally. And, and also mine, are, the studio's not massive. So like you got the square footage rule. Yep. So I think I'm like, I can have like, it depends. I haven't even looked it up. I haven't even bothered to be honest because yeah. going before we had this current lockdown, I assumed that that was, was what was going to happen. Like I just presumed that winter was going to have another bunch of lockdowns again. So I didn't even actually, um, like I had a bunch of students. We had one of the first lockdowns back in June or something. And I was like, okay, this is going to happen. And I lost pretty much all my students. I did a couple of online lessons. Mm. And I was like, I'm just going to pause it for the winter. I'm just going to 
build up a bunch of like social media marketing stuff yeah and you know get the blog going get the website redesigned and do like a whole lot of back-end admin stuff so that's what i've been doing recently and then my plan is now is once we come out of lockdown i'll have all of this blog and all the social media and then i'll like do a big push and you know try to get the momentum swinging then so i've kind of just like not really bothered to like really push that hard recently because i don't know when everyone's in lockdown as well everyone's minds just I don't, know, I don't know about you, but everyone's just, I think, just trying to get by day by day. They're not really planning too much. Mm. So I don't want to be trying to sell things to them while this crazy stuff's going on. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's understandable. And I've seen you're, you, you're using your, um, the socials on the back of uh, Open Eye Studios, we should, we should mention for the people. That's the name. Oh, of yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's Open Eye Studios. Yeah, we <laughs> should mention that. <laughs> that's the name of the fantastic um, studio and um, lesson hub that you, that you run based out of St Kilda. Uh, it's on St. Kilda Road. So it's technically in Melbourne, but oh, okay. it's just on yes, St. Kilda yes. Road. So like, it's like on the border of St. Kilda and, and Melbourne. It's kind of like yep. trippy there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I've seen that you've been using um, you know, the, the sort of the socials and the mechanisms you have in place to share some knowledge um, and share some little bits and pieces of content about music theory, about how you put together some of your own music. Um, and it's been super fascinating to watch. Where did the inspiration come to sort of get more into that um, sharing the knowledge, I guess. Um, well, interesting. Uh, where did that come from? Well, actually, being like on the DJ scene and meeting DJs in Melbourne, I actually, a majority of them would say, like, I'm getting into production, but I don't know much about music theory. Yeah. And music theory is like one of those topics where it's like, do you need to know it? Do you not need to know it? Some people say you do need. Some people say you like, don't need to bother with it. But I kept meeting all these people that were like, oh, I want to get into music theory. And studying composition music production obviously i've got a pretty decent amount of music theory behind me so i was like oh well i'd love to share this knowledge with other people and then i was trying to think like i I try to make the music theory stuff that i share not so dry and boring yeah so recently i've been talking about like different scales different like interesting uh things you can utilize in your music and then also make like a video with a track that i've made that uses that scale Oh, so basically okay. just trying yep, yep. to make it yeah does that make sense yeah so basically just trying to make it so like here it is in a real world context rather than just being like here it is on a piano yeah exactly and, rather than um, having it so abstract yeah exactly and i try to make it like a middle ground right so like you know uh dj a lot of djs they might not, they probably don't have a lot of like classical training mm-hmm. so it's not going to be that applicable to them but if they hear it in a you know 125 bpm or 130 bpm like techno track yeah and then it's got this like weird melody over the top they can like you know sort of see it connects a little bit better yeah absolutely um so that's the reason why i've been pushing music theory stuff so hard on the socials and it's just because a lot of people i think it's also as well like the production side of things is like so saturated at the moment Mm -hmm. like you see so many people being like I'm here with this producer and we're going to talk about our way of doing this. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Our way of doing a kick drum and a bass drum while I don't see that many electronic music producers talking about music theory. It's a fascinating uh, sort of... The Venn diagram between uh, dance music producers and people who have strong music theory is not as... <laughs> the Venn diagram. Is not as, uh, <laughs> it's not as overlapping as people outside of the, those scenes might imagine i i think you know um i've only recently come around to something like um the the camelot wheel 
for DJs, which is yeah. for those who don't know, it's the it's a musical concept, the circle of fifths, um, reimagined yeah. to be more simple for DJs to show which songs will um, will be uh, which the keys of which songs will work well with other songs, and that's something that I never bothered with for a long time as a DJ, even with someone as a little bit of musical background. I mean, albeit drums. Um, yeah. I never really bothered. I didn't with know you played drums. Yeah, I played for a long time. I haven't played really? in a long time, but I played all through high school, played in bands for a good few years. Um, and yeah, I, I do miss it actually, but it's an expensive yeah, hobby. Yeah, that's sick. But yeah. You still time. don't have a drum You don't have a drum kit anymore? Not anymore. It's sort of, my drum kit was always, you know, cheap secondhand, what I picked up in, in high school. And there was a few upgrades that I made. Um, but yeah. yeah, sort of since then, everything's been lent out and never came back or, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. left in a green room at some crappy pub that I never saw again. And, um, yeah, I'm down to, I think I've got, um, a cowbell and a floor tom sitting around here somewhere. <laughs> oh, I think damn. that's it. Um, I don't even Do know, I don't even you... have a drumstick to my name right now. <laughs> oh no. Do you think if you, uh, if you had a drum kit, you could play? Like if you, if you saw one, you could hop oh, on I can, and play? I could hold a groove pretty comfortably. I mean, it's I, there's parts of it that are like riding a bike, but I, I lived yeah. with a fella who had who was a drum teacher and had um, a couple of really nice kits for most of last year. And a couple of times I jumped on and went, I'm just going to I'm just gonna play around. And then I started trying to do some of the, the rhythms and um, the exercises that used to be second nature to me and went, oh, oh, okay, no, you definitely do forget a lot of it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because I, I haven't played properly for four years, five years, or something like that. But, but yeah. Damn! Oh, we should have a jam sometime. I I would love to, man. I would Just absolutely love to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. See. <laughs> see, it's on record now. All the people will be yeah, yeah, yeah knocking. Everyone be like, "Where's the jam happening? Now. Where's the, because I that's one thing about doing the music production is that um, I miss because I originally was in bands mm. and I miss uh the jamming as aspect. Yeah, and with DJing, like you you get the back to back. But yeah. it's not the same as, and that's awesome. But it's another, it's just a different way of feeling the music. It's just a different like zone. Absolutely. Like, I don't know how you would pronounce it. Like hemisphere. It's like it's just a different, different aspect. Oh, absolutely. But when you're with jamming with someone and you're both like locked into that, like, especially when you're making it up on the fly mm. and you're creating music, you know, it's like you're connecting on this energy level. And it's incredible. And I just, I don't know. It would be awesome if you could um, somehow merge like DJing with that same world. I don't know how. Well, I think in in some ways, I know exactly what you mean for a start. There's there's a there's a, a zen state you can get into with other musicians, uh, particularly people you've played with a few times before so you can sort of predict their patterns. Um, there's a state you can get into with playing with other musicians and jamming with people that is never really replicated um, in the DJing world. But I think, the, you mm. know, the the way that DJs play off the audience um, and can change plans on the fly and go, okay, that worked really well. Oh, where's that song from ages ago? That'll work really well. The, the way that it's very true, freestyle true. in that element, I think is something you don't tend to get a lot of the time. Um, with a full band as well, but I, know, I definitely know what you mean. I, there's people who have done the DJing thing with a bit of music here and there, but um, but you know, uh, yeah, I know personally, I've never really quite got to that same level um, that you can get playing in a band while DJing. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's people, well, you know, you see DJs playing with um, 
with instruments all the time, but I'm not sure if it's exactly quite on that same level. It's they make amazing stuff, but yeah, that 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 um, that state you can get the, into the feeling. Mm. You're right. You're right about the the crowd thing, though. That is one aspect, and that's actually one thing that because um, originally I don't know if you know this, but before I got into an electronic music, I actually adamantly hated electronic music. What? I was like a rock guy. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> I was brutal, man. I used to be so into like rock music and everything like that, that I uh, didn't think anything made after 2000 was good. (laughs) I was like, nah, man, the seventies, the sixties and the seventies, man, that was, Mm -hmm. that was the peak of it, man. Um, But then obviously like I changed my tune as I got older Mm. and, uh, and then eventually, uh, what was it? So like, Eventually, like I started liking everything, but eventually I got into electronic music and the one, the thing that eventually got me into dance music that I really liked was exactly that, like the, the, um, the flow state of the dance floor and then the connection between the, the way that the music doesn't stop and mm. that there's like this synchronicity between when, it, when the DJ is really good and the crowd's vibing, the synchronicity between the DJ and the dance floor is something like you touched on earlier that the I, bands can't recreate in the same way, way. Again, it's like different pockets, like it's different like ways to experience music. But the way a DJ and the dance floor can work off each other and it can change and go in ways you're not expecting is like amazing. Oh, it's fantastic. And I think to an extent, and it, no, I'm someone who who doesn't, um, you know, who doesn't, it doesn't at least hasn't released the music that I've made, but definitely doesn't play my own music um, that I produce on stage. Um, mm. And so I'm always playing other people's music. I'm always playing great music that I love and I hope the crowd will love. So I think it's a bit different to when I was playing in bands, even though nobody, nobody knew who we were, it was a bit different. It was more that I was performing and, you know, friends and strangers in the crowd were enjoying what we were doing um, or, or not, but, you know, by and large, enjoying <laughs> what we were doing. And, um, you know, it's it's more of a, it's, it is, it's a performance. Whereas I think in DJing that you're still, a great DJ is still, great performers still make great DJs. But I think because by and large, you're playing other people's music a lot of the time, mm. it's almost less of the performance and more of you and the crowd enjoying great music together it's kind of more of a you know i love this song. true that's a really I that's a good way to that's a really good way to put it yeah that's a really good way to look at it actually that's really nice that's really, yeah that's sick it's slightly different dynamic i guess but um have yeah, you um have you ever thought of uh adding I, I met this guy once and he was a drummer and he wanted to get into drum and bass music and um i gave i gave him the idea but I'm going to apply it to you as well. Have you ever thought about getting um, like an external drum pad and including it in your drum, in your sets? I have. I, I definitely have. And um, like I mentioned, the, the big floor tom that's down next to me on here, I'd love to get that out at a at a at some sort of, you know, special gig or at a festival or something and play along with a microphone under a drum or get a drum pad and add some, some textured elements. It's just, you know, I... I yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. I... <laughs> I have an already limited skill set in that area, and um, you know, if, if I I need to focus on one thing at a time, um, so you know. Yeah, fair. But yeah, it's a fantastic idea, and I I would certainly love to do it. Is that something that's ever occurred to you? Because you have um, a musical, you have that musical background, that musical knowledge, and you're pretty 
well versed on a number of instruments. Is that mm. um, is that a, is that a eventual goal um, to do more, incorporate more live music into your sets? Um, well, there have been times where I've done. There actually has been a few gigs, but again, COVID got them cancelled. Mm. Where I was actually going to bring a guitar oh. and do some guitar and um, and DJ sets. And then actually more recently, I've been, um, I haven't actually been practicing my DJing as much because I've been, I've been still writing electronic dance music, but it's been slightly more on the songwriter side of things. So I'm actually now been focusing on drum machines and, you know, an Ableton live set. So it's still got the dance, um, you know, Monolink and like Kink and like I, stuff I, like that. I adore I like that. Mono. I listen to a lot of Monolink. I like Kink yeah, as well, yeah, Monolink in particular. Sick. Yeah, sick. Well, Monolink has um, definitely become one of my recent um, influences. Yeah. And that kind of live set is something I'm more moving towards now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've actually got an EP that's ready to be mixed down. And then once I mix down the EP, uh, that's on pause because we're in lockdown. I can't mm -hmm. access the studio at the moment. Uh, I'm planning to do a gig and that will be my first ever Zacharoms live set, which will awesome. be... Yeah, yeah, so that would be like Ableton with drum machine, controller. And so that will still be electronic. I still want it to be continuous, like a DJ set. Yeah. I'll technically be playing my music, yeah. but it will incorporate me playing guitar. So I'll have like guitar solo, stuff like that. Yeah. And I've been practicing the piano quite a bit. So eventually I want it to um, incorporate the piano as well. So it'll be singing. I'll be singing there'll be guitar, eventually there'll be piano. And so it'll be a bit more of like a hands-on tr uh, actually, you know, performance sort of thing. Yeah. And then in terms of the DJing, I would love to, guitar's pretty cool. I don't know, I've, for some reason I don't, I'm not as like in love with the guitar as I used to. I used to, you know, play it all the time. It was my main instrument. That's what I grew up with. But um, I've just been getting so much in the piano. So I'd actually love to do a DJ set with piano once I'm good enough. But like, you know, that, that might be another year off. Um yeah, just like have this awesome breakdown and just being able to like whip out a, you know, a keyboard over the top. But then also if you've got like the right keyboard, you've got a whole lot of synth sounds. So then you could, you know, play anything and yeah. that would just be awesome. And then to me, that's where you could get, if you had two DJs who had that skill set, you would be um, blending that, the DJ synchronicity with the crowd and you'd also be doing the jamming with yeah. the other DJ. So if you're going back to back, like that would be sick. Yeah, that would be pretty superb, especially going directly back to back when you've got, at all times you've got one person DJing and another jamming along on an instrument, but you're swapping as well. That would be very, very Yeah, very, that would very, be very awesome. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. then you could, you, yeah, sorry, you go. Oh, no, finish it where you were, finish your point. Oh, I was going to, I was going to say, um, because then you could be doing things like, you could be timing filter sweeps with what they're doing. Like imagine if you like high pass filtered with some reverb while someone on the piano was going, then brought it back in like, oh dude, it'd be so sick. Yeah. Fantastic. That'd be heaps of fun. Heaps of fun. Anyway, what were you going to ask me? Oh, so what do you think has drawn you to the piano over the guitar? Obviously as someone with a, you know, that, that heavy rock and with roots in great rock and roll from the seventies, uh, what do you think has sort of over time drawn you away from the guitar or maybe to put it better, drawn you towards the piano? Because obviously the guitar would have been um, an intrinsic part of, you know, all the music you listened to growing up. Yeah, that's a dude, you're good with these questions, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, 
What drew me to the piano was the be- the ability to be able to do both the harmony and the mel- and the melody like really easily, right? So you okay. can play like chords in one hand and you can play a melody over the top. Yeah. And the range of it. You can do that with the guitar as well, but I just don't find it as easy. Yeah. Um and I think playing the guitar for years like the other thing is that I definitely reached my peak skill in high school with the guitar. Yeah, okay. And then because I started moving into vocals and started singing, like I stopped paying as much attention. And then I moved in pro- into production and poured so many hours into that, that I've definitely lost. I'm still, I would say good, but I don't have that same skill. And to get it, I think it just lost a bit of its magic. It's kind of like you're getting heaps of momentum, right? And then you just like take the momentum away for four years and then you come back to it. You're not going to, it's hard to get back to that momentum. Yeah. And then as well as doing production for so many, so that's one reason and then or a couple of reasons. And then with the production side of things, I'm just naturally gravitating to the keyboard because I can play a synth on the keyboard. I can figure something out. So with that, I just naturally started, I guess it's the momentum thing. I just started naturally feeling on the keyboard um, and thought, oh man, if I could play this really well, then my it'll be so much easier for my productions because I could just, play these melodies in to whatever synth or whatever I'm doing in Ableton. Yeah, for sure. So I guess that's the the main reason. And I think my taste in music has, has changed over the years as well. Like I never used to be into classical music. Mm-hmm. And now I love listening to just, you know, classical piano music, like Eric Satie and stuff like that. Just this beautiful um, solo piano stuff. And I just yeah. want to play that. There's something oh, about like it just speaks to my soul. Like to be able to sit there and just play this like beautiful piano would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's something that just sort of comes with age. Like I'm, was <laughs> yeah, never, I, I've spent years and years and years knowing all of my musician friends who were really into jazz, and I didn't quite get it. And it's only sort of in the last twelve months that I'm starting to really cotton on and understand you know, the intricacies in the chords and the texture yeah. of the recording and all of that makes for such an, a, a pleasurable experience. And I think I was, you know, when I was younger, I wanted, I wanted heavy metal or I wanted hip hop or I wanted whatever I wanted. I was looking for more and I was looking for extra. I was looking for yeah, a statement. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, there's a lot that can be said by, actually just sitting down and listening to a master at work, um, you know, like your, your jazz classics and, um, and your classical music. Um, hundred yeah. percent. I was it actually, I just had a thought. I wonder if, cause you just said like you wanted heavy metal, you wanted, you know, hip hop and rap. And I was into like rock and stuff like that. So I wonder when you're a teenager, do you, do you tend, do you think you just tend to naturally, um, move to more aggressive music and when you're older you're like you know you're you're getting quieter you you're more calm so you tend to move to more i mean jazz can be pretty aggressive as well mm. but you tend to move to more calmer i don't know i just had that thought then like have you noticed yourself listening to more calmer music if you think back to like when you were younger compared to when you were younger yeah i think that's that'd be a pretty fair assessment i mean like i don't listen to heaps of metal anymore and i used to listen to a lot of metal um but i think also it comes down to like uh, especially when you're young i think so much of your identity is linked to the music you're listening to um whether Mm. that's you know whether that's uh parkway drive or kanye west or taylor swift you're 
when you're 16, you know, those songs speak to you so much, whatever it is. And you sort of build as you're figuring out who you are and where you fit into the world. That's it's linked so heavily to that. So you want something that's, that stands out, um, in a, in a, in an obvious way that can speak to you. And it's, I think it, and it takes that little bit more depth and appreciation to go like this classical or this jazz it, it takes a little bit of work because you go, you have to pay attention to it to notice the intricacies. Um, mm. And I can't attach my identity to it, you know, for, for the most part, for most people anyway. I think it, you know, that, that could probably have something to do with it as well. It's a fascinating, um, yeah. it's a fascinating a change point. that I think a lot of us go through that, you know, the music that you're obsessed with when you're 16, by the time you're 26, you're starting to go, oh, yeah, there's a lot more <laughs> though. Like that stuff's kind of cool, but... There's a lot yeah, more yeah. to discover. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I actually was listening to. Um, it's funny we're ch- chatting about this because, like, last week I was going through and listening to all of the songs I was listening to when I was a teenager. Love it. Um, yeah, I was just, I don't know, man. Like the the memories it was bringing back, it was like transporting back in time. Mm. It's incredible. Oh, it's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved it. I put together a playlist <laughs> of um, all the a, a playlist spearheaded by all the. Um, hottest 100s from when i was in the triple j hottest 100s from when i was in like year seven to year nine ish and then just you know set spotify radio rolling to suggest me other songs in that um in that category and it's the it's the sort of little unknown ones the ones that were famous for a week in 2009 um (laughs) some indie band that's long since passed and it's 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 a special thing because you can you know it's it it to to hear that music and just think of where you were, and it's not. It may not be a specific memory of you know a place and time, but it's it's a feeling, and it goes. It, it exactly. It hits it's deep. a feeling. It's incredible what music can do. I know. I know. I love it. It's it's amazing. It's so. so I was actually think. Um, that's what. That's one thing about. I don't know what how you feel about streaming. Like, are you a massive playlister? Like, do you do you create you create playlists all the time? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Oh really? Yeah. I've just never gotten into it. I really struggle with it. So, how do you listen to music on the daily? Um, I usually just go from album to album. Okay. So from artist to artist. So, usually for a week, I'll listen to. I, it's almost like I have like a f- couple of artists I'm focusing on. Yeah. Um. I do add to playlists, but I'm just lazy. Like I just don't add. And then my playlist is like six songs. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I see most <laughs> most people I talk to, they're, you know, they've got these awesome, like my girlfriend, man, she's got so many playlists with so many songs in them. They're incredible. But um, I'm still kind of like stuck in the CD, like the CD the era. Mindset, yeah. The mindset of the CD era where you like, you find an artist, you find an album, you put it on, you listen to the whole thing. Yeah. And I actually... I'm not a fan. I don't know how you feel about streaming services, but I'm actually not a fan of streaming services at all. Okay, they, so so that interests me. Let's uh, let's park that for one moment, actually. But yeah, yes, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely a huge playlist person. I think I, I have such a short attention span that I love to latch, and it's it's a genre based thing most of the time. It's this week I'm listening to hip hop. Cool, I've got a playlist yeah. with 230 of my favorite hip hop tracks, and then when they're starting to get a bit stale. I can just ask Spotify to suggest me another 30 or so. But I definitely have been in the past and I actively try to do the album thing because I think I'm one of many whose attention spans are not what they used to be in this in this new world and um Yeah, yeah. I, I miss the days where I 
would more often put on a whole album. So I, I credit you for still having that because I don't think um, everyone, particularly of our generation, still uh, practices, uh, still listens to music that way. Well, I mean, albums aren't even released as much as they used to be. No. Like now it is It is more about the singles or the EPs. Yeah. But it's just, it's just um, I think it's just practice, to be honest. Like you got to, you got to, I mean, it depends, obviously. I'm not saying like this is the way you must listen. Yeah, no. Uh, it's all up to whoever, but if you do want to listen to albums in their entirely tidy, then uh, what I recommend doing is, is you have to really um, uh, resist the urge to like go find the next song or like, you know, change artists because I think that's just something that social media and, and the, our phones have done. We've just like, we're mm. used to just going, okay, next, next. All right. I'm bored of this artist next. And because when I first started listening, it's only actually this last two years, I started really getting back into full albums and if, when I first started doing it, I was like, I used to just do the radio, like, you know, yeah, pick yeah, radio, yeah. listen to whatever. And I was like, nah, I really miss listening to full albums. Like, I want to experience what the artist is actually trying to, like, portray. Mm. And uh, then I, I, when I first started doing it, I just started pressing next a lot and, like, being like, nah, fuck it, I don't want to listen to this artist. And then again, yeah, it's just literally just practice. So if you want to listen to a full album, just try to resist the urge to press next. Yeah, no, I... I it's I, hard, though. I, I find that... Now the only, not the only, there's definitely exceptions. If someone says to me, this is amazing and you've got to do all 12 tracks in the row, like yeah. you've got to do it properly the way it was intended, then yeah, you know, yeah. I'll stick it out. But I don't find myself doing it from day to day, but um, I'd like to do more of Um, So I just, it was, uh, you caught me off guard, but I was really interested to pick your brain a little more in your distaste for streaming services. Obviously there's been a lot discussed yeah, on that, yeah. but I'm interested to hear your take because I had a lot of distaste for streaming services and have since sort of petered out in that regard. I'm, 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 I use Spotify daily now. Um, yeah, but I'm interested to hear your take. What, what motivates that? And, um, well, um, well, let's, I'll clarify that I still do. I do use streaming service like daily as well. I use um, YouTube music. You can be not, um, not a fan of how they operate and still a fan of, how yeah exactly youtube music yeah youtube music um I, I, I had spotify for a while ones. i know um i had i had uh what's it called for a while i had spotify yeah but i use youtube all the time like you know just regular you, general, youtube yep. and the price packet is like it's an extra six bucks a month or something and you get youtube premium so you get no adverts you get yep. You know, um, so you can listen to like a whole mix on YouTube and it's fine. Yeah. You can also like close the phone and I listen to podcasts yeah, on yeah. YouTube, stuff like that. So I was like, well, I don't want to pay for Spotify if I'm already getting YouTube music as well as with the premium. So I was like, oh, I'll make the transition. And to be honest, there's like, there's, I don't even notice a difference. Like, so mm -hmm. that's why I'm on YouTube music. Yeah. But yeah, my, my, uh, my taste for spot for streaming. So first of all, there is a couple of good things it's done. Like streaming has definitely allowed artists to be able to upload their music. It's, you know, taken the keys from the record labels and, you know, open the gates up to all of these musicians who can do whatever they want, which upload whatever they want, which is incredible. Absolutely love that. Amazing. But it has also kind of created uh one this culture where it's all about this like you know what's press next press next it's about playlists and it's taken away for me personally what i used to love is going to jb hi-fi or an independent cd store going through the rack and almost taking like what like collecting what you know but also 
just going through like a wild guess and yeah. buy, like I used to go to JB Hi-Fi when I was uh, between 18 and 21 there was like three years there where I was spending 60 to 60 to 80 bucks a week on CDs I was wow. buying like five four five six CDs a week and I just miss there's a there's a connection that you create I find with the with that process like one mm. you have to physically go to the store you then buy the CD I mean you could do the same with records you buy it you then, you know, unwrap it, you get the artwork, you look at the lyrics, you can like, it, there's so much more that connects you with the artist. Yeah. You then, you know, put the CD onto the CD player. So like my, I used to always go to the car and I would put it in the car, I'd drive home. Sometimes I'd even just go for a drive and listen to it. Yeah. And then I'd get home, put it on my CD player and I'd listen to it and I'd just have that. And I think that's why now when I stream, I stream a couple of albums per week because I've got that built into me. Yeah. Where Because when I had CDs, I'd have a stack of four CDs that I'd bought for the week and I would just listen to them. Yeah. And that, it does a couple of things. Because you've physically connected with it, you physically have that copy, you, one, are going to remember them. You're going to remember the artist. You're going to remember the album a lot better. Mm. Um, and... So what I found with streaming, compare that with streaming, I find an artist, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I love this artist. I press follow. They then go into a list of like 500 other artists. So I'm the chances of me remembering them unless yeah. I listen to them daily is incredibly low, mm. which is usually what happens. And that's again why I started listening to albums on uh, YouTube Music because I'll remember it because I'm listening to the entire album. So I just... And I noticed I just... I'm just not getting that same... I don't feel that same connection to the artist. It's like they're just getting lost in the algorithm. Mm. While when I'm holding the physical CD, I'm like seeing it around my house, you know, for a whole week. So I'm yeah. going to remember the artist a lot better. And sometimes yeah. I will never buy the artist again. You know, I might not ever... They might be crap, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. subjectively. But um, But there was just... Yeah, I don't know. And then like, it's just amazing when you know you you have that album that is so good and you've got the album and you put it on with your friends who have also sharing that same experience like i remember going to splendor one year and we took my car and i just had like half the car was just cd's mm. and we were all flicking through the cd's going and someone would see it and go oh put um put daft punk on put daft punk on yeah, yeah. um like random access memories and we yeah. were like oh what an album that's such a good album and everyone's getting pumped you put the cd on and you go through the cd but you don't have that with spot with like streaming right like yeah. you've got one person just sitting there controlling it all and sometimes even someone's like oh let me have a go let me have a go there's yeah, not yeah. i don't know it's, just, it's it's that's that whole experience it's just different yeah absolutely so that's that's my main thing i guess that's my main reason as well why i'm i'm not a fan of streaming and now because it makes them more money, we've kind of been like I don't think I think you can get like one iPod now. Um, you, like I could still buy CDs and all, everything like that, but like, um, I mean CDs definitely aren't artists aren't putting out CDs. Like I've never released a CD except no. for back in two wow. you know, mid two thousands. Yeah. Um, I don't think artists aren't releasing CDs nowhere near as much. And what I used to also do was put it on my iPod, so my iPod was like a much more curated rather than my YouTube music where I'm pressing yes to everything I like. Does yeah, that make sense? yeah, is that you made the effort to to take something and then burn it onto the computer and then put it onto your iPod. Yeah, yeah. which again, you remember it even better. Yeah. Uh, and you can't do that anymore because now I think Apple only sells like one iPod and it's like an iPod touch, like touch. 64 gig or something. and. Yeah. Nah, man. The the peak was the iPod Classic, 120 oh, gigs. Oh yes. 
It was the you best. Will find, you will just... find a big. You'll find a number of iPod Classic fam, um, fans in this house. My, um, yeah, I I had a couple. Um, and my dad had a couple, and we actively sought them out in their dying days. Um, yeah, as everything went, it was around the time everything went touch. Like ev- anything that wasn't touch was already well and truly uncool. Um, and we were chasing out iPod Classics because they had that amazing space. They had that bulletproof Nokia-like quality. It was a huge, big chunk yeah, totally. On the back. Um, and they were just ripper. And they, the the charge lasted more than a day. Yeah, you could you yeah. could charge it, listen to it all the time. It just it wouldn't die. You it was and then but your phone right. And it might be ready, and you might be able to listen to it when you wake up. Like you could listen to it over a weekend. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And I guess that's another thing with CDs and that whole, I guess, I'm talking about like a specific era here, which is the CD and iPod classic era Mm. uh, to me was the pinnacle was because you also, I know you can, I know you can uh, download music offline with Spotify and stuff like that. But um, again, it's not the same as like having, having your iPod, you know, you can go camping and go walking with 120 gig of music. Yeah. Uh, it's oh man, t- take me back. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely a reliability to it. I find that really interesting. I didn't know, um, I didn't know whether your streaming, uh, with your aversion to streaming, would be more of an industry-based thing or just more of a personal thing. But I find that really, really fascinating. And I know, I uh, definitely the struggle of how it's changed us all. Like, even myself, I find, you know, people put on music, and my go-to. You know, call it a, a streaming thing, call it a bit of a DJ thing, but my often at parties or something like that, my thought goes to, oh, what can I put on? What can I cue? It's like, oh, yeah, I yeah. Just enjoy the music. Like, what's on now? Try and in, just relax and enjoy it. And yeah, I think we're also used to being able to That's go, this is what I want to listen to next, right now. Um, yeah. And there's, there's definitely parts of that that are, are, are detrimental long term. It's funny. I don't actually. Um, I didn't have that reaction. It's, it's funny. I actually never put music on if I'm like sitting around. It was just weird because I'm a because de- I, I do DJ. Mm. Um, and people say that they're like, "You're a music producer. You should have heaps of music you want to put on." But I actually, uh, I don't. I have the opposite reaction. I hate putting on unless I'm actually on the decks. Yeah, yeah. I hate putting on music because I like to see what other people will play. It's like an opportunity to find new music. Yeah. But if I'm playing music that I know, then I'm just repeating the music exactly. I know. Exactly, yeah. You just listed the same so, stuff you've been listening to all day. So, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But I, I was going to say with the um, the industry thing, um, because it is, I mean, again, like I said, like I like that anyone can upload it. Mm. That is awesome. But yeah, I, 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 Spotify is a bit douchey with their... Um, with their stri- with their revenue thing, the fact that artists get paid a pittance. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be if artists got paid a pittance, then. Um, but Spotify only made like a few million dollars a year. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, okay that's fair. Like they're a big company; they're not making that much money. Yeah, but the fact that like you know Daniel Ek is like a billionaire. Yeah, <laughs> like one person is a billionaire because. You know, because of all these other art artists' work, like that's not fair. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. yeah, I'm definitely not. There's definitely that that um that thing as well to it. Yeah, that I'm not happy about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a really interesting one. I remember being in a 
Uh, one of my greatest regrets is, is not sticking with a music business course that I was doing straight out of high school. And I vividly remember being in a class. This was uh, like probably a couple of years after streaming had solidified itself. And the assumption was that streaming had been terrible for artists, which, you know, if, based on revenue alone, it's not been good at all. Like you, what you get yeah. paid um, per... What you get paid per person who consumes your music compared to selling a CD, yeah, it's it's a s- absolute scraps. But yeah, um, this particular lecturer's point was that when you look at the stats of um, you know revenue from sales versus streaming, um, revenue from streaming as opposed to sales uh, plummeting, you also look at revenue for merch. Um, vinyl is the is the really big one because people, if they want to, if they love, if they already love the artist, they want to own a copy of it and they don't just want to own a plastic CD. They want to own a nice big chunky vinyl with fold out posters and it's, you know, you can smell it and hold it and it's heavy and, um, and merch and touring, you know, this is all much post COVID, uh, pre COVID, obviously. Pre COVID. (laughs) But, and touring had gone up massively as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely changed the landscape, and I, you know I don't release music, so I'm not going to talk about whether or not it's better or worse. But um, yeah, there's there's definitely been some elements of my own my own music listening habits that I um, I would prefer to go back to those days. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it's definitely it's definitely. Uh, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue that it's gotten worse. You know, the fact that. Yes. Now a, a music producer can um, li- essentially make a career himself without yeah. needing a record label. The fact that even someone can now uh, create an entire album on their laptop with a pair of headphones is like mind blowing. I guess that's not that's not because of streaming. That's like a techno- technological aspect to it. But it's all um, wrapped up in the same. It's all wrapped up in the same. Yeah, definitely. Like, I guess streaming, like, helps you get out to people. I think it's, like, it's, like, like everything. Like, I think it's just going to eventually um, evolve uh, as it gets better. Like, I think the next thing is actually going to be blockchain. I've been trying to read up about the blockchain streaming services. And I think if Spotify is not careful, then that potentially will will be the next thing. So, I'm we'll move on from Spotify and then... On, on blockchain speak to me talk to me what what, what i it's, it's i'm not that educated either a, a word i've heard thrown around i don't even really yeah, know yeah, yeah everyone about. hears it well i'm not going to go de- into the depths of the of cryptocurrencies or, or like you know bitcoin or anything like that i'm not that educated either but and i haven't even been reading up much about it but i think people are trying to basically people are trying to come up with a way that you can uh artists can get paid better and there's a couple of streaming services that are sort of trialing it so far but i've i've checked them out and their um interfaces are pretty shit compared to like spotify and youtube music and stuff like that there's one that's very similar to soundcloud but basically what it does is is i think i think how it works is that listening to people's music um it's almost like being on the platform validates the platform, the way the blockchain system works. Yeah. So by listening to people's music, they basically like it validates the blockchain, which then um, the artist will get received the token or the coin that is created from the blockchain, if that makes sense. So Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm really like, just wrapping uh, my head around Bitcoin and, and, yeah. and Ethereum and bloody Dogecoin. So, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, going to yeah, take yeah. it slow with me, but... Um, but yeah, um, that but that, that's that's all I've been able to figure out so far from it. But it seems 
if that was the case. So basically what you could potentially have is, right, if you had a system that runs peer-to-peer without mm. needing Spotify to like connect, you know, like Spotify kind of runs with by they they go to the um the labels yeah and they you know they get the music and they create the platform and then they just someone there's another person who distributes to Spotify yeah um and then they send it to you know and they do they collect all the money and they distribute the money yeah if it was a blockchain run streaming service you could technically because it's only peer to peer it would basically be like you listen. And that automatically sends the money to me. Oh. The money's not going to Spotify, who Buy then distributes it back out. Yeah. Wow. So technically, it can be self-running. That's how it should work. Does, yeah, does that that's a really, really fascinating <laughs> idea. I mean, all these, all these, um, all those kind of technologies are fascinating to me. The more we can, you know, uh, have community-based direct. Um, I don't know. I just like the idea of those community-based direct transactions and um, and communications and yeah, uh, and yeah, that that kind of direct action. I'm fascinated to see what happens to the big companies if um, if that kind of direct action becomes part of the course. Yeah, why not? And they have to figure out how to rebrand themselves to you know reinstate themselves in our lives. <laughs> but yeah, that probably just that probably just hopefully just fall away if we could make it all community. I I, I don't see why it can't be just you know. We're not that. We're, humans can be dumb, but we're not that dumb. We can run ourselves. <laughs> very true. Very true. Now, um, before I forget, I want to um, just make a point of this. Now, you mentioned that uh, you never released a CD, or at least not in a very, very long time. Uh-huh. Um, the majority of your music being released online, of course. Um, so what then inspired... Um, uh, and this is, of course, an audio medium. What then inspired what I have just pulled off my bookshelf in front of me? You'll need to explain it for the listeners at home, what I'm currently um, showing you via Zoom. Oh, you've got one of them hectic. <laughs> uh, it's my Zach Rome's USB shaped as a cassette. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. That, I'll I flick a, you had uh, one of them. I'll flick a photo of this on the Instagram uh, <laughs> when I post this episode for some context. Because this... So you um you were kind enough to give me one of these a long time ago when you released this single. I can't remember what, which one of your singles this was. I think it was Stop Zombie when I really when I was giving them out. Ah uh, yes 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 that would be correct. The f- my first song that I actually released. Yes, as well, Zach Rooms. It was it's it's hugely gorgeous because it's um you know it's got a little USB flip out USB. Oh no, does it? Yeah, yeah, so you, if you open the casing, so for the people at home, it's basically like a uh, tape cassette case, and inside is a USB that's shaped as a cassette. I can't remember um, how to like open an old tape. And if you open it, then you can access the USB, and um, there's a little. Just can you flick it? It's probably been shut too long. I mean, the eight, the USB Which is in the eight gig, so um, pull it, pull it. Um, no, I can't even on open e- the on one of the ends. I can't even on one of the ends. You should be able to pull it. I can't even open the the case. <laughs> Oh, it's still in the oh, case. Well, you make my product look that, bad. No, no, no. It's just it's simply just been that long <laughs> no, since I've joking. opened a tape. I can't remember how they <laughs> yeah, work. That's so funny. <laughs> you throw it at the wall. <laughs> I had opened it at one point. I just don't want to crack it. I think that was the yeah, other thing so that you, put me off about CDs and tapes is all this all this plastic. And not to no, you know not to diminish your product. This is you know this beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah no. The, oh, you wait. make a very good point. Like. No. There we go. I found the there little tab. Go. That is a good point, though. That is really bad for the environment. I didn't even uh, 
Didn't think about that. When oh, I just meant more meant how it feels in the hands. But yeah, this fantastic little USB that pops out of this tape deck. I was hugely excited when you gave this to me. It's got a little. Um, it's actually numbered number four, which makes it even yeah. more special. Um, so this just takes pride of place on my bookshelf wherever I've lived. Sick. Since. But um, I was so hugely appreciative of this. What What was the um, the motivation for did you see this usb inside a tape deck idea somewhere else or is this something you sought out what was the vibe behind that i'm trying to think where that where the idea of that actually came because that's like two years ago now yeah i've actually still got a heap of them oh really um yeah because the idea was to give them out so the idea was uh, it was around about the time i released that song stop zombie which was like one of my first tracks and i first started getting into djing and playing some gigs Mm -hmm. and so I thought it would be a cool way. Like if someone came up to me and was like, there was a couple of reasons. One, if someone came up to me and was like, Hey man, I really loved your DJ set. That was awesome. I could hand them that and be like, thanks man. Here's all my mixes on a USB, you know? And it was kind of like a bit of memorabilia for them. So it was something that like a potential fan could take home and be like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, Zach Rams gave me this thing and I was going to have all my songs on there. And the other reason was, um, when I first was uh, meeting people, because you know I was originally from Sydney, so I didn't know a single person here. Yeah. And I thought if I met any kind of promoter or any kind of like DJ who had potential gigs, I thought rather than sending them a link, you know, I could give them that, and then the next morning they're gonna wake up with it in their pocket. They're more likely to remember me than oh, the ten other DJs who gave them a link. Yeah. So they were the two motivations behind it, and then I thought. Um, yeah, and then since then, I've given a few out while gigging. And then the plan is once I've got... Um, it, so it's basically just mainly like a promotional tool and yeah. a f- thing to give out to anyone who likes my stuff. Well, it was it was hugely, um, hugely exciting when you gave it to me. It's, um, it's a very special little um, little object to now sit on my shelf. And um, Did I send it to you? Or did I, I'm sorry, I don't even remember when. It feels like it was I so long ago. It was, it was a long time ago. I can't remember. I have a funny feeling. I don't know. I have some memory of you giving it to me. I feel like at um, Brown Alley, which is a venue in Melbourne CBD for people. Who oh, know. That, oh, that's why that's what keeps true. popping into my mind when I look at it, but I may be completely It's a good wrong. chance. Who knows? Cause I think, I think Maddie, Maddie played it that night. Um, yes. played that song. She played that song, uh, yes. to a crowd and I was like, that was sick. Yes. Yeah. I ran a night there, um, at a, yeah. um, at a Saturday night party that, um, well, we'll probably just skip over that whole experience to be honest. It was one of those <laughs> ones where you go, okay, well, at least I learned a lesson out of it. Um, but Maddie played really well and she played that song Stop Zombie, which is a fantastic tune of yours. Really, really exciting. Thanks, man. Um, so you also dropped in there, um, something which I don't know if I've ever spoken to you much about. Um, and we're actually, uh, hurtling towards an hour. So we'll start to think about, um, about. Oh, really? um, Jeez, that flew by. It certainly did. It certainly did, which is good. If (laughs) If it moves fast for us, it, um, hopefully will move fast for all the listeners. Um, and not, you know, time flies when you're having fun. And um, hopefully, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. that translates. Uh, but you also mentioned <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned um, coming down from Sydney. Now, I think I met you not long after you came from Sydney, but I'm not exactly sure uh, how and when did that come about of you moving down to, um, to you know Australia's best city. Um, 
Australia's best city. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little now I'm down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I agree with you now after being here for a few years. Yes. Um, so we got him. I went backpacking. So I was living in Sydney and I first started studying. I went backpacking around basically the world for like a year, hitchhiked and shit. Yep. And then I got back and I wanted to... My, originally, my plan was to finish my degree, get out, go traveling again as fast as possible. Yeah. And like I and I thought if I moved back to Sydney, first I was a little bit... There's so many reasons actually. Like I returned to Sydney in 27, late 2017 and mm. I was sick of... I'd protested the lockout laws. Oh, um, of course. And like the music industry was like... The music scene there was completely fucked. Uh, and I was very vocal and, and everything about that. So I was pretty disappointed that that had occurred. Um, and I also... So that was one of the reasons. The other reason was... I've always wanted to live in another Australian city. Like I thought, why not? And that the main reason was if I stayed in Sydney, I knew I wouldn't finish my degree because I would get itchy and want to travel again. <laughs> and I thought if I move to Melbourne, then it's somewhere new and it will be like scratching that travel itch. Yeah, yeah. So I thought um, <laughs> that was honestly the main reason. I like so the thought, I was like, I like the thought process. <laughs> Wait, so I was like, check? all right, let's you go. You finish your degree, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I finished good. it last year. Well, then, yeah, it was not only a great idea, but followed through upon as a great idea. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so I thought, yeah, let's go down to Melbourne. That would be cool. I didn't. I knew like one or two people down here, and uh, yeah, I was just, I was just keen as to 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 try something different. I was kind of like, I've been you know traveling for a while. I was on a bit of a roll from that, and was like, let's let's keep doing some different stuff, and. As soon as I came down, I, I I knew the music. I'd been down here before, so I knew the music scene was awesome. Mm. But I didn't expect it to be as awesome as it was in terms of the um, variety. Like I was yeah. blown away at the variety of of music that you can witness in one weekend, and I was yeah. like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" And I think I met you about a year and a a year and just over a year later, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then. Just um yeah, came down and I loved it. And I, I to be honest, I don't think I'll ever leave. Oh, you're stuck Ex- now. You're with us for life. <laughs> I'm stuck. I know. Um, I think eventually I do want to uh live closer to the beach. Oh yes. Like I Lovely. grew up pretty close to the beach, yep. and I I miss that a lot. Yeah. Uh, when I was living in Sydney for the last six months, I was like literally five minute walk from the beach, and I miss that. Oh, superb. And I'm sorry. Everyone in Melbourne who's oh, been here, I, I know you've got the bay. It. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah, the bay is not the beach. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, it's the just bay, not the same. The Port Phillip Bay, everything kind of inside Port Phillip Bay, the majority of it is not good. It's it's not I know. the beach. I, I've had this conversation with my partner all the time who spent a large chunk of her life in Adelaide. And she's yeah. like, your beaches in Melbourne are just not good. And I'm like, I never said they were good in Melbourne. I said they were good in, you know, Torquay, Anglesey, Warrnambool, Lawn. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, down the surface. Yeah, coast. they're beaches. Nice. Everything inside Port Phillip, with the exception of maybe, like, is Ocean Grove inside the bay? I don't know. Mo- almost everything inside the bay is, uh, yeah. yeah. There's Put it this way. There's, there's a, a couple of, of nice spots. There's a lot of nice beaches in Australia, like a lot, we have a fair bit of coastline, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, the majority of them are not. <laughs> Almost none of them are inside the bay. 
Yeah, I know. It's so funny when you have that conversation with someone and they go, oh, we've, got, we've got the bay. Like, <laughs> like, have you been outside of <laughs> Melbourne? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, we do all right, I guess. But no, you, you go yeah. somewhere like like um, like Adelaide, like Northern Sydney, like, you know, like Byron and you go, oh, wow, these are some really yeah, nice yeah, yeah. beaches actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I've, re- I've realized, parts of Queensland, um, of course, and you know WA, and yeah. But with w- nice beaches comes a lack of, and there'll probably be people who shoot me for this. But with nice beaches and good weather, comes a lack of um, culture. I've come to realize that's the brutal truth. Those are big words. I'm not going to dispute <laughs> because I have not traveled anywhere near as much as you have. Um, so I will not dispute, but that's, um, I, I, I can definitely, I could be wrong. I can wholeheartedly I could easily be wrong. I haven't I been can, everywhere. <laughs> I've been almost <laughs> nowhere and I can even understand, um, I can understand where you're going with that for sure. For sure. When you think of like, you know, pristine beaches, um, and you know, Australia's biggest known beaches, you start to think of, uh, yeah, and also if you think like if you think in like a worldwide perspective, like you look at the, some of the best music scenes in the world, you've got Berlin, you know, doesn't have it's pretty miserable weather, doesn't have um any beaches. You look at London mm. and if nope. anyone tells me Brighton is a good beach, like <laughs> get out. <laughs> it's got pebbles, no offense. Yeah. Um so I I get I mean, so London is an amazing music scene and it's got pretty miserable weather. You could say California but oh, I don't know, yes. like, like that's, 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 you know, it's, it's Hollywood. It's pretty like, it's manufactured. I haven't been there. I don't know. So, you know, and then you look at New York and New York's got pretty crappy weather as well. And that's like one of the cultural capitals of the world. Yes, that's and true. And my, my hypothesis is that when you've got really nice weather, everyone spends their time outside doing sport, going to the beach, you know, doing stuff like that. And when you're forced inside, what else are you going to do but create art and make music? Yeah. Oh, so I, I, I'm, I, that makes perfect sense. Um, to me. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I, I've not been to anywhere near enough places to be able to confirm your hypothesis, but the hypothesis makes perfect sense. And also if you're surrounded by miserable weather all the time and like dirty streets and bad weather and no beaches and dirty rivers like London, like New York, like even Melbourne, um, yeah, it's, I think you kind of have a, um, you don't quite have the same zest for life that they do and you've got <laughs> yeah. gorgeous weather and nice beaches and, you know, uh, just cheap food and beautiful people everywhere. There's um, there's this kind of, uh, well, I don't know what you call it, healthy disdain that helps create yeah, yeah, beautiful yeah. art in some of these other places. <laughs> I don't you know. know what, though, I don't know if, if I've traveled anyone... enough to confirm you confirm your hypothesis, but um, it's, I think it's definitely got some got some leaks. Um, yeah, I was I was going to actually say quickly if anyone in the comment if anyone's listening to this and can comment on it, then please in the comments tell me a city that has an amazing music culture and beaches because that's that's where I'll that's where I, that's when I'll leave Melbourne. Someone tells me that I'm going there. Okay, so at this point, um, I. 
<laughs> at this point, we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud, you can drop a comment, but otherwise, yeah. if you're listening elsewhere, head over to the Instagram, which is Dan Welsh Midnight Ramble on Instagram, and make sure you uh, drop a like and um, <laughs> and a follow and all that sort of jazz as well, and have a squeeze through at some of the other episodes that we've done. But most importantly, on the post for this episode, drop your comment saying your city that you know of has incredible textured culture and sublime weather and beaches and yes um, thank you yeah hopefully no one will pick anything up because i don't want to lose you because you're a very dear friend and a fascinating oh thank you oh (laughs) (laughs) and that seems almost as good as spot as any to start wrapping it up mate there is so so much more we could have discussed i um i think i know for at least another hour but i want to kind try and keep this podcast to an hour uh, for people's listening pleasure and for my uh, editing sanity. But I hugely <laughs> appreciate you coming and having a chat. It's a real pleasure to catch up with some um, some dear friends and go a little bit deeper and to have some people to launch this podcast with um, in moments like these who have the, um, you know, the sort of microphone set up and everything ready to roll that they can um, jump in and have a chat. So it's, uh, it's hugely appreciated for jumping on board early and um, sharing your thoughts. So I appreciate it. No worries, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This was this was like a, a shining light during lockdown. This has been uh it's been really nice catching up with you because I haven't seen you in a while. So that was awesome, dude. And I'm glad to help out the podcast and be a part of it. I'm looking forward to where this goes. It's and been- uh so far, like I listened to the other one and it was super interesting. So I'm I'm keen to keep hearing what, what comes out. Fantastic. Well that's the goal. And I think um it's it's it'd be it's going to be lovely to chat to these people who um who have these careers in xyz they won't always be djs they won't always be producers that's kind of the goal is to also expand my world but um it'll be really nice i think it has been nice for me and i hope it'll be nice for the listeners to hear um the other side and some of the ideas and thoughts of um of these people who make great music and do great dj sets um, but, uh, you know, we're exploring a little bit more and, um, I think it's been a great example Sick. of that tonight. No, oh, thanks bro. So, uh, <laughs> Much just love, before bro. we log off, make sure you let people know when it comes to Zach Rome's, the DJ, Zach Rome's, the producer and open eye studios where you can get all your great, uh, recording, mixing, mastering and music lessons needs. Where do people go to find all the, um, all that jazz? Uh, you can find probably Instagram is the best or yep. website, but Zach Romes is Z-A-K-R-O-A-M-S yep. and Open Eye Studios is just openeyestudios.com.au if yep. you want to check that out. And Instagram. Uh, so yeah, website's best for open and Instagram. Yep. Instagram and websites and Spotify if you want to listen to the music. And I encourage you to head over to your streaming platform of choice, but Spotify is the one I would choose to use personally. Don't know if Zach would agree with me on that point, but that's really yeah. uh, that's an interesting one. But um, yeah, I would wholeheartedly recommend jump over to, um, to his Spotify and listen to some of those tunes because they are some really nice, banging, chunky house and tech house vibes, <laughs> and it's always a lot of fun. Mate, thank you so much for logging on and having a chat, and uh, we'll have to get you thank back you, in sometime. Thank you, bro. Looking forward to it, man. Have a lovely night. Thanks again. Much love. And with that, that brings us to the end of this second ever episode of the Midnight Ramble podcast. Thanks so much to Zach Romes for being such a friendly and interesting guest. And thanks so much for you, dear listener. 
checking this out and supporting the show early on. If you want to support the show, of course, you can always do that by liking, subscribing, following, wherever you're listening to this and hitting up the Instagram and Facebook as well. A positive review on iTunes always helps a lot as well. It helps people find the show and share it with someone you think might enjoy it. In the meantime, thanks so much for jumping on board early on. And I'll see you in two weeks for episode three of Dan Welsh's Midnight Ramble. Can you hear me good? Yep, I've got you. I've definitely got you. Sick.